How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course. Get the limited-time offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses. Hey there. No, you aren't experiencing deja vu. You're watching Options Action with Mike, Dan, and Guy. They're still here. They're getting ready for the show. In the meantime, here's what else is coming up. Video game stocks are tanking. But Dan Nathan says one is poised for a bounce. He will give you the setup. Plus, Amazon is now a $2,000 stock. But good thing Mike Co. has a way to get into the stock for less than 20 bucks. And it's Apple's best month in a decade. But if you miss the move, we have a way for you to get long for less. It's time to risk less and make more. The action begins right now. And we start with Apple, the tech giant posting its best month in nearly a decade. The stock soaring more than 19 percent, adding $180 billion in market cap. For reference, that's about the total size of a company like Coca-Cola or Citigroup. This is Apple soared through $1 trillion in market cap just a few weeks ago. So if you missed the move, how can you get in now? Let's get in the money right now. Mike. So, yeah, obviously with the stock trading very close to or on its all-time highs, I'm not going to encourage people to rush in and buy the stock right here. But the valuation still looks reasonable as long as iPhone sales don't take a big downturn. We do have a catalyst coming up. We've got product announcements. That could be a potential catalyst to move the stock one way or the other. But right now, people seem to be absorbing that news pretty positively. So I think the best way to do this essentially is buying a call spread. Since we have that catalyst, sometimes that elevates the premium options a little bit. We also have the fall coming up. That also sometimes elevates options premiums a little bit. I was looking out to October, the 230-245 call spread. You could spend $6.40 for the 230s when I was looking at this. Sell the 245s for about 2 bucks. So net-net, you're spending about $4.40 for $15 worth of exposure this way or that. If the stock sits about here or rises just a little bit into this announcement, some of that premium is likely to come out and that will mitigate the decay by being that short, that higher strike call. Yeah, I think it's a tough one, obviously, in front of this event. It's a very known event. Obviously, investors have gotten very used to this whole um, product cycle thing into September. So if you're going to be buying at all-time highs into the September 12th um, iPhone event, defining your risk makes sense. This call spread, which is $15 wide, trading at levels the stock has never been to before, you're basically risking one to maybe make two if the stock is 245 or higher. It's an okay risk Award. I mean, I think it makes sense as we get through next week in front of the product announcement, maybe you get an opportunity to buy this thing a little bit on a pullback to kind of make a call spread. I mean, I, I, what you're trying to do is define your risk to play for the further game. I think there's a very strong potential that all the good news about the phones is in the stock. And you could see a sell. Well, that actually is a very good point because we were just pointing out how much this stock has risen. You know, oftentimes when we go into catalysts like this, we look at things like call spread risk reversals or we might want to sell a downside put. I'm not interested in doing that because given how strong this move has been if there is some form of a disappointment we have a sense of what it could give back and that's the exposure i don't <coughs> want to have if i'm making a bullish bet here some heady stuff on this show oh i mean I, this, first of all by the way mm. honor to be one of my favorite shows on the network is options action watch it religiously and it's an honor to be here number one Number two, one of the things we said, and I'm, again, I've said this for a while, I'm not going to pretend I haven't been some raging bull in Apple. I've been bearish, I've been bullish, I've been wrong, I've been right. One of the things we said when it hit a trillion dollars was a trillion isn't a finish line, it's a mile marker. And I still adhere to that, but I'll say this. I thought 241 was sort of in the crosshairs. 
for a number of reasons. My math was they're going to make close to $13.40 next year. Put sort of a market multiple of 18 on it, you get a $241 stock. That's 6% away now. So if you want to play for 6%, I think that's great. But you're probably getting towards levels, to, I think, to Dan and Mike's point, that maybe it's not a bad time to start thinking about taking some money off the table. You know, and actually to that point, if you're long the stock, and that's, that's your view, you could actually think about this as a stock replacement strategy. I don't see another 15% worth of upside here inside of the next 45 days or so, regardless of what the news is that comes out. That would be an extraordinary move for almost any company in a short period of time, but this one particularly given its size and basically given the maturity of its products and its market. So, you know, I think that you could look at this as a replacement strategy as well as a lower risk way to make a bullish bet here. All right. Well, Apple may be soaring, but there's another group of once hot tech stocks that could see some trouble ahead. Video game stocks are getting wrecked, which, by the way, is what gamers say when someone is really losing badly. Uh, Josh Lipton's in San Francisco with all the details. Hey, Josh. Well, Mel, gaming companies appear to be in the crosshairs of Chinese regulators. The government there now is proposing controlling the number of approvals for new games, implementing an age rating system for games, and restrictions on the amount of time minors are allowed to play. Now, analysts say there's still a fair amount unknown about these new measures. No clear outline, they say, on when and how the measures would be implemented. Still, gaming giant Tencent got hit hard on that news. I caught up with KeyBank's Hans Chung, who covers Tencent, he remains a bull, but he says there is incremental risk for the company and the broader industry, he says, that the government there does seem to want to implement more restrictive approval process for new titles looking ahead. Also in the red today, Electronic Arts and Activision, Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, cutting its rating for both stocks to neutral from buy. Remember, EA got hit this week after delaying its key Battlefield 5 game to November 20th, four weeks later than the initial release state and lowering guidance. The analyst also talked about the impact of Fortnite, which he says continues to grow monthly users and will likely impact online activity and possibly, he says, even unit sales. He also emphasized that historically, video game stocks have traded less favorably in Q4 versus the market. Mel, back to you. All right, Josh. Thanks, Josh Lipton in San Francisco. So sounds like a lot of headwinds potentially for uh, video game makers. How about electronic arts? Yeah, so this one's really interesting to me. Um, You know, in late July, when the company reported they did talk about the effect of Fortnite on, on online sales, um, and that was disappointing. The stock sold off after that. And then the stock just last week came down to, well, I think we have a one-year chart here. It was sitting on this one-year uptrend. And to me, you know, when we were thinking about it on the show a little bit, that looked like some interesting support here. Um, but then they guided down. They pushed out Battlefield 5, and now you have to wait until November 20th. The company's going to report their earnings um, on October 30th. And to me, after you have a 25% drawdown in a stock like this that trades pretty cheap. We know that there's some catalysts out there. I start thinking about it. Now, right now, this stock is down two days in a row, closing on its lows. That's like catching a falling knife. So the trade strategy I want to talk about, if you want to be a bit contrarian here, gives you a little room on the entry. And it's a risk reversal. And I'm going to be selling a downside out-of-the-money put to help finance an out-of-the-money call. And what I'm really doing here is giving myself a little wiggle room if I'm wrong about the entry right here at 113.5. So looking out to October expiration today when the stock was at 113.40, that's where it closed, you could look to the November 
uh, excuse me, the November uh, 100, 120 risk reversal paying $2.50. Actually, it's the October. I just want to be really clear. The October 100, 120 risk reversal. It costs $2.50. You're selling one of the October 100 puts at $2.00 uh, and you're buying one of the October 120 calls at $4.50. That costs you uh, $2.50. You break even at $122.50. Between 120 and 100, you can lose that 250 on expiration, and below that, you're put 100 shares per one put that you're short. So what this is really doing is giving you that leeway um, on the entry point right here and identifying that earnings catalyst going on a little further. I, I think you may have had it right the first time. Oh, November? November is, it, is right. Yeah, those, are those prices line up in the November okay. prices. Let's talk a little bit about the trade structure, though, which I think makes a decent amount of sense. There's a couple things. First of all, 100 bucks represents essentially the lows that we've seen over yep. the course of the last year or so. So if there was a, a place that you think that it might find some support, that would be a level. You said actually that you're giving yourself a modest cushion. It's actually a pretty substantial yep. one, right? Because it's well over 10% to the downside before you actually put the stock if it runs to that short strike. So, you know, from my perspective, I think this, this makes a lot of sense. Bear in mind that although he's paying a little bit more for that higher strike call, he's a lot closer to it as well. The stock was trading about 113 and a half. So you got six and a half bucks till you get to that upside strike, 13 and a half bucks to get to the lower strike. I like the trade structure. So what's really interesting about a risk reversal like this, I have a couple months of November expiration here. As the stock rallies towards that long call sprite, this should gain in value and on a mark-to-market -market basis. And if it declines to that short 100 put strike, then you're going to lose money. That's what it's going to look like. And then between that really wide range, you're risking about 1.5% of the stock price to have um, this bet on. And so one of the reasons I want to be really clear, again, November expiration, because we know that earnings are going to come October 30th. They just guided down twice in five weeks. Maybe they're able to beat that, um, that previous guidance and then guide up again, and then we have the Battlefield 5 release. Yeah. How does the EA trade? But in the meantime, you might wait a week, and the puts that you're selling for $2, you might actually be able to sell for more than yeah. that if the stock gets down to levels I think it's going back to, which is about 105 ish, which is where we started this year. I mean, this stock went basically rallied 45% from the beginning of the year until a few weeks ago and has given it back. That's classic stairs up, elevator down. I don't think the elevator's hit the bottom floor yet. So I agree in theory, but I still think there's a week where if you wait, you might actually be able to do this trade more beneficial if you to yourself. Do, if you do wait, though, you're, it's, it's not simply the put price change that you're going to be looking at. It's also a strike adjustment because, frankly, if the stock trades down to a buck five and it goes down quickly, we're probably going to see those premiums go up even faster. You'll probably be able to put on a 100, 110 risk reversal at that point, maybe even for a small credit, and you'll have immediate exposure. Let to the me ask you this about yeah. getting long at 100. Yeah. Would you want to be put yeah, this Yeah, I, I, listen, and here's the other thing. We were just talking about content. When you think about what these guys have as far as content with sports, these shooter games, and then what they're doing with eSports, I think this is really, really unique content. This is a fair Fairly cheap stock relative to expected growth, $35 billion market cap. When you put a 25, 30% premium on that, you could see a big media company buying EA. So the fact that it's down 25%, you could you could buy this thing, literally, a media company could say, we're going to buy you guys for 150 bucks. There's your 25% premium. That was the high from July. Options traders are volatility traders. This stock is showing some volatility. If there was a stock that lines up well to use options, this is it. What's the best uh, video game? We surrounded that. Pong. Not video, it's one of my favorite game, what? and I don't think that it exists anymore. Galaga, Galaga. When I was, you know, in high school, we used to go to September as a pizzeria and play Galaga. You just put your quarters up top so nobody could. Okay. Pinball. 
Pinball. Wonderful. Yeah. Can we play All right. the game? For everything Options Action, you can check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our newsletter. It makes for a great beach read, better than Pong. So what are you waiting for? Here's what's coming up next. Amazon barrels towards a trillion-dollar valuation. But if you miss the move, we'll tell you how you can buy it for less than 20 bucks. Plus, calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course. Get the limited-time offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses. Welcome back to Fast Money. Amazon passing a key milestone, rallying above 2,000 a share as it heads towards a trillion dollar in valuation. But the move has highlighted a growing trend that might make it harder for retail investors to get in on the rally. Bob Pisani is breaking it down at the NYSE. Hey, Bob. Hi, Melissa. Amazon's the first S&P 500 stock to pass the $2,000 mark. It's in rarefied company. You know, there's only three companies in the S&P 500 whose shares are trading over 1,000. That's Amazon, Bookings Holdings, that's the old price line, and Alphabet. The old price line was the first S&P stock to hit $1,000 back in September 2013, followed soon thereafter by Google. These kinds of prices would have been unthinkable a decade ago. That's because companies would typically split their shares to make it more affordable to retail investors. Stock splits peaked in the late 1990s when the dot-com era drove up the price of tech stocks dramatically, but dropped after the financial crisis, and it never really recovered. You know, there were just over 100 stock splits in 1997. That compares to just five splits for all of last year. Why don't companies split their stock as much as they used to? Well, a lot of it has to do with institutional investors like Vanguard and BlackRock over the retail investors. Those institutional guys own nearly 60% of Amazon, 72% of Google, nearly 80% of Netflix. Institutional investors don't really care if a stock is high priced or not. They may be perfectly happy to have high priced stocks because it discourages day trading that introduces volatility. That's Warren Buffett's mentality, you know. For years, he said he has no problems with a company's stock price going up, and he doesn't care about stock splits. For him, it's more about the dollar value of what's being bought. Now, what this has done is driven up the price of stocks. The average S&P 500 stock is now $115. That's the highest in history, according to S&P Dow Jones indices. A little more than a decade ago, it was just north of $50. That's a big difference. Back to you, Melissa. All right, Bob. Thanks, Bob Pisani at the NYSE. Well, lucky for you, Mike has got a way for you to get into Amazon for less than $20. No, he's not a musician. I was going to say musician. He's not that either. He's not a ma magician either. He's just an options maven. He's at the plasma to show you how in a call to action. Mike. Oh, there he is. So, so we're going to take a look at using a call spread in Amazon, similar to the structure that we use in Apple. Let's take a look at why we're doing this. The first is, as Bob was just highlighting, the stock is expensive at over $2,000 a share. If you were going to buy a round lot, that's 100 shares, it would cost you $200,000. It's also expensive on a valuation basis, but obviously it's got momentum on its side, so we're okay making a bullish bet here. The second thing is, the options are also quite expensive, and there's two aspects to this. One, on a dollar basis, they're highly expensive because the stock itself is, but also usually as stock prices rise, implied volatility of options comes down. That hasn't actually happened here. We're at or slightly above the mean for the last three months or so. And finally, we're chasing. We're chasing the stock 
at an all-time high. So when you take a look at these three factors, I think using options and a call spread specifically is probably the way we want to take a look at it. And right now you can see here we are closing the day basically at the all-time highs in this stock. If you're making a bullish bet here, you are basically doing the opposite of catching a falling knife on, a, on, a, on basically falling stocks. We're really taking a little bit of a risk when we're chasing these things at the all-time highs. So how can we do this for a lot less money? I was looking out to October, you could buy the 2050 $2,100 call spread. That's a $50 wide call spread, and you would spend just $18 for that times 100 shares that it represents. That's 1800 bucks, which means for 100 shares worth of exposure to the upside, you're spending less than a single share of Amazon would cost you. Bearing in mind, of course, that if the stock moves 5 or 10%, you're going you're gonna to have a little bit more risk, obviously, with the options. But what are those risks looking like? By selling that upside call, which only has a 61% chance of being hit between now and its expiration, we're improving our odds because we only need now to get up to 2070. Actually, slightly below this, there's a 73% chance that that happens, and there's an 82% chance that it's going to hit or go through the lower strike of our call spread. Fun fact, 2050 would mean a yeah. trillion dollars in market cap. So, Mike, Amazon. how do you think about, though, the fact that as time actually goes on in your call spread, obviously the probability is going to lessen if the stock doesn't move. And so how do you manage that sort of trade when you're trying to think about it from a probability standpoint? Well, that's a, that's a really good point. I mean, what, we could go back maybe to this chart here and just sort of think about how much time is going to pass. We have a little over 40 days to go before this thing is going to expire. Uh, I think, obviously, one of the things we have to think about is, do we think the stock has run out of gas? So it's not just about the probabilities. It's about your belief in the underlying stock and whether the momentum is likely to continue. We're probably going to get some sense of that over the course of the next week or two. And that's why putting this trade on right now is a way to rent some of that exposure. I probably would not be inclined to carry this all the way to expiration if it looks like the stock is running out of gas. For me, it's been about margins. Morgan Stanley upgraded the stock $2,500 price target on higher margin businesses. You look at last quarter, operating uh, margins were 5.5%. The street was basically half of that, number one. So I think this stock can go higher. Number two, you know, we've been together. We do this a long time ago. Yeah, long now, don't, time. Little enthusiasm, please, before <laughs> the long weekend. And I mention that because you know I've never purchased anything on the line. Yes. So the next true. thing I buy will be the first thing. So you know what I've just decided to buy based on this entire hit? Did you happen to notice Pisani was standing in the dark? I felt bad for him. You're going to buy a flashlight? So I'm, I'm going to get him those overhead lights. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to get on the Amazon application right now and help Bob Pisani out. Because he shouldn't. He's been here too long to have to film something in the dark. I feel like that might be a peak so, in Amazon so, if you're going to go on to the Amazon the and buy something on so the I, line. I just want to make one point about that. <laughs> the reason I asked about managing a trade like that when we're talking about probabilities, that's one of the things that gets you in the trade. But one of the things that's really important if the trade doesn't go your way is how do you get out of the trade? Because, Mike, I know you've done a lot of research on this. At a certain period of time over the lifetime of a trade, when the premium that you pay in a long premium trade, like a call spread um, drops below 50% of what you paid, the likelihood of it expiring worthless increases fairly dramatically as you get closer to the expiration. So when you go into a trade like this, and it's not a catalyst-driven sort of thing, you have to absolutely have a plan to cut your losses. Yeah, that's exactly right. The probability of hitting a given number from where you are right now goes down as time passes. Right now, we've got pretty good odds of hitting that lower strike. Obviously, if we get halfway there, we're going to see those odds declining. We probably have at least that much time, though, before it does decay in half. All right. Still ahead, Lululemon soaring 13 percent today, hitting a new record high after a earnings report last night. And that's great news for our resident yogi. Is that what you, how you say it, yogi? Mike? He'll tell you why. We're live at the Nasdaq and Times Square. Much more options action right after this. 
How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course. Get the limited-time offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses. Time to take a look back at some of our open trades. Last week, Mike said Lululemon was set to take off on earnings. The stock has obviously had a very large run. Secondly, it's trading at a big premium to a lot of other retail names. I think that might actually be deserved, though. And I think there are ways that we can look to play the stock going into earnings. I was looking at the September 130, 140, 155 call spread risk reversal. Selling the 130 puts at 225. Buying the 140 calls at 635. And then selling the 155 calls at $1.75. And take off it did. The stock soaring today, hitting a fresh all-time high, up nearly 13% since the time of the trade. So, Mike, how are you trading Lulu now? If you follow us on Twitter, you know that actually late today I recommended taking your profits on this trade. The stock has run right to that short strike, 155, which we had targeted. If you wanted to press a uh, bullish bet here, you could basically roll out uh, this trade. But I think that obviously on this one, it's time to take profits because there's not that much left in it. Yeah, a great call. Um, and, you know, the way you played it was exactly right, right? So, you know, like long premium trades into events, you have to be very convicted because you got to get a lot of things right. you got to get right, first and foremost, the direction, the magnitude, the move, and the timing. And you got all that. Um, but there weren't too many names outside of retail and consumer brands that actually performed this way. Even though the option prices were very high, it outperformed the move. So good job on your part. All right. Up next, your tweets and the final call. Welcome back. Time to take your tweets. Our first fan, Alex, asks, I own Apple October 19, 190 calls, I should say. They're up over 300%. I sold half today. Should I sell the other half before the new iPhones are announced September 12th? Mike, you had an Apple trade. This yeah, we you. already gave you the answer. You can sell those calls and buy the 230, 245 call spread that we outlined earlier in the show. All right. Time for the final call now. Mike. Call spreads and Apple. <laughs> Dan. Yeah, EA, no risk reversals. Guy, thank it's you an so honor much to for be joining here. us. Thanks for joining I us. I just feel Appreciate smarter. It. You should. That's it? All right. Thanks for watching. <laughs> we'll be back here next Friday. Have a great long weekend. Mad Money starts right now. How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course. Get the limited-time offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses.